Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture lesson is also from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, as well as verses 13 to 18. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her female servants. She calls, you who are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. The foolish woman is loud. She is ignorant and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the high places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. You who are simple, turn in here. And to those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But they do not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Discernment is the title of this sermon. If you look at the window to my right, You'll see that the same word, discernment, decorates our worship space, just as the word encouragement, which the Reverend Cassie Waits preached on last Sunday, does over to my left. Y'all in the balcony can't see any of what I'm talking about, can you? (laughs) Just take my word for it. Discernment's over here, encouragement's over there. What does the word discernment mean? What does it require of us, and who embodies this gift of the Spirit. We just read in Proverbs 14, chapter, I mean, chapter 14, verse 6, a scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is, is easy for one who understands. Think this morning about who it is that understands. For whom is knowledge easy? Then we read Proverbs 14, 7, leave the presence of a fool, For there you will not find words of knowledge. Has anyone ever helped you to leave the presence of a fool? Has anyone ever helped you to leave the presence of the fool when it was tricky, when the fool appeared in the guise of a professor? It's not always easy to tell which professor is wise and which one is a charlatan. Who has helped you tell the difference? Who has helped you figure out which voice you should be listening to? That's discernment. The summer, as we have for the last two summers, your preachers have worked together to create a sermon series. If you remember two summers ago, we preached on the I Am statements of Jesus, and we asked you to think, who Who looks Christ-like? Who has been Christ-like in embodying each one of these I am statements? We finally wrote the names of those Christ-like people on ribbons that we tied onto a structure outside the Great Hall. Do y'all remember? Anybody remember doing that? 
Y'all good. Then last summer, <laughs> then last summer we preached through the book of Acts, and, and we, like the disciples, were sent out into the world. So we were all sent out trying new foods the way the disciple uh, Peter did when he ate with Cornelius, or he went to visit the sick the way Peter went to go visit Tabitha. This summer is a little bit different. We're focused on spiritual gifts and who embodies each one of them. By the end of the summer, each window in here, in this sanctuary, will be a celebration of one gift of the Spirit. And each window will have a box that looks like a present. In each, uh, in each box, we'll place these cards, the cards that I hope you all have by now. And what I, I realize now in that writing a name down on each one of these cards, uh, what we're really doing is we're celebrating the way that God has been at work among us in these people who celebrate different gifts of the Spirit. These presents, I believe, are a beautiful symbol of the way God is at work in our lives. For God gives us blessings sometimes in the form of, of people. This morning you will write the name of a person down on your card a little later. So be ready. Be thinking about the, the people God has blessed you with specifically this morning who in embodying the gift of discernment has been a gift from God to you I'll ask you to write his or her name down on your card at the end of this sermon we are not yet at the end of the sermon we're just getting started <laughs> so I ask you here at the beginning what is discernment the book of Proverbs is all about discernment, so we read both our scripture lessons from the book of Proverbs. I'll explore this topic with you this morning by focusing on these two scripture lessons and through a couple of interesting moments I've experienced in the last week. As is my habit, this sermon should only take about 15 minutes, so listen to me for 10 more. We're five down, 10 to go as I talk about discernment. What is discernment? Discernment, as Adrian Grant, our Parents' Day Out director, said in the children's message, discernment is the practice of figuring out which way to go. Human beings have been trying to discern the right way to go for millennia using all kinds of strange, sometimes strange techniques. This past week, I read about a pair of mummified men their remains were discovered in a Danish bog where they had been laid to rest thousands of years ago. One was missing his intestines because ancient fortune tellers believed that they could discern the outcome of future events by looking at a man's intestines spilled out on the ground. Human beings have been trying to figure out which way is the right way by doing all kinds of strange things just like that. But when it involves magic, we don't call it discernment. We call it divination. Divination is this practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Think of crystal balls, runes, reading tea leaves, or reading your horoscope in the Marietta Daily Journal faced with an uncertain future. We all long to know what it is that we should do, which way we should turn, and who we should listen to. 
According to scripture, you don't need to disembowel anybody. All you need to do is seek out wisdom. Did you notice that in the Bible, wisdom is personified as a woman? Ladies, does that ring true? Should wisdom be personified as a woman? Woman wisdom is calling to us from the ancient words of Scripture this morning. She says, you that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, come eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and walk in the way of insight. Yet on the other hand, the book of Proverbs also says that there is another woman calling to those who pass by, who are going straight on their way. This other woman, she says, you who are simple, turn in here. And to those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. These are two different women. Discernment is the art of knowing which woman we should be listening to. Should we listen to woman wisdom or someone else? Who has helped you to discern which voice to listen to? This is what we want for our sons, someone to help them discern who to listen to, when on the one hand is the nice girl who does her homework and obeys her parents' curfew, yet on the other hand is the temptress who plays only by her own rules. What we want for our daughters is the same. Someone to help them tell which voice will lead to fulfillment and success while the other voice will lead to momentary pleasure and long-lasting pain. We need people in our lives to help us discern which voice we should be listening to. So who among your life can you remember embodying this gift of discernment? Who has it? Whoever helped you decide who to listen to and which way you should go. Think of those who helped you in the past so you'll know what to look for when you need help in the future. After all, dark times lie ahead of us and there will be a time when we all must choose between what is easy and what is right. That line's not from the Bible, it's from Harry Potter. <laughs> it's true, just the same. Regardless of the source, it's true. Who has helped you know the difference between what is easy and what is right? Who encouraged you when you kept avoiding the hard thing that must be done? Who pushed you to do what was right? Last weekend... Your church staff went on a retreat. Retreat is an interesting word to call this kind of a thing. You, you don't want a regiment, nor do you want a church staff who is always retreating. Yet, we retreated to consider how we might better advance. And advancing takes courage. I asked the church staff to consider building better relationships with more people. I asked them to think about who they've been retreating from and how the people they've been retreating from may be the same people they need to build a relationship with. 
For sometimes it is in the cave that we fear to enter that the treasure that we seek lies. You ever heard that philosophical phrase before? It's not in the Bible either. I read it on a billboard on the interstate coming out of Tennessee. <laughs> Yet still it's true. When you think about discernment, think about how often it is that the wrong path is the easy one. Think about how frequently it is that by going with the flow, we lose ourselves and our integrity. Think about being in Germany during World War II. How many just went along with the rising tide of anti-Semitism without question? And how few went against that tide? Doing not what was easy, but what was right. Who pushed you to go after the treasure that lied in the cave you were afraid to enter? Who helped you tell the difference between what was easy and what was right? I was honored this week to receive an email from Denise Lobodinsky. Denise is an elder on the session. She's a leader of our church, and her father served in the Signal Corps during World War II. On the 50th anniversary of D-Day, this event that changed the course of history as we know it, she wrote down for Denise and her sisters his memories of the invasion of Europe by the Allied forces on June 6, 1944. Denise's father was in England on his way to the mess hall for breakfast. It was about 7 a.m., and as he approached the mess hall, he saw the sky above him filled with airplanes flying in formation and knew that the world would never be the same, for the invasion had begun. Now, he didn't leave England until after the invasion had been going on for weeks as his job was to radio back intelligence. That's what he did as a part of the Signal Corps. And why had he chosen the Signal Corps? When he told his mother that he wanted to enlist in the army because he wanted to see action with the infantry, his mother insisted that her baby boy tell them he wanted to serve in the Signal Corps where he could be of service to his country, but not directly in harm's way. Surely everything in him, including the friends who enlisted with him, would have chosen the infantry. Surely the infantry was the right decision for so many others, but in listening to his mother's voice, he made a different choice. And because of the choice that his mother helped him to make, he served his country, survived World War II, and lived to be a father to Denise and her sisters. Who helped you to make such a decision? Who was there when you were making those decisions that changed your life course? Who embodied to you the spiritual gift of discernment? It doesn't have to be some huge thing. I start each morning with a short reading from a daily devotional. The reading from last Thursday was titled, Small Changes. And in it, I read a story about a great author, journalist, and explorer, Ernest Hemingway, whose son Patrick asked him to edit a short story the young man had written. His father, the elder Hemingway, poured over his son's work like it was his own. In due time, he handed it back to Patrick, 
who reviewed his father's edits and cried out, but Papa, you've only changed one word. Hemingway said in response, if it's the right word, that's a lot. Which is true. Small adjustments can make a world of difference. Just letting go of one anxious thought can bring greater peace into our lives. Is there someone who has encouraged you to let go or to change one small but important thing? For me, it was my chiropractor, Dr. Janet Lewis. She told me, Ultimately, she told me this just last week. Ultimately, Joe, the only thing you control is your breath. And that's what you need to work on. <laughs> Feeling the tension in my back, she could tell that I've been trying to control much more than just my breath. So she told me to let go. She told me what to do. She could tell that I was moving too quickly and trying to control too many things, but just because someone tells you that you're moving in the wrong direction, that does not guarantee that you're going to listen. So this morning, as you think about discernment, as you consider the people that God has placed in your life to help you decide which way to turn, remember that we must always create space in our lives to hear their voices. The problem with discernment is not that his wife doesn't know the way, it's that he is too proud to ask and too stubborn to listen. The problem with finding our way is not just identifying someone who knows the pitfalls to avoid, but that we are afraid to admit that we are lost. Who has been there to help you find the way? To whose voice did you listen? Write their name down on your card. If they're a part of this church, wonderful. If you're new to this church, if you just came in for the first time today, then try to remember the person who helped you find your way to the sanctuary. It's easy to get lost around here. Who helped, find, who helped you find the way? Or just think back to that person who was there when you needed help deciding. Who did you ask for help from? Who helped you find your way? That's discernment. And as you write their name down, remember how that position of vulnerability created in you the space for God to be at work in your life. Every gift from God requires something of us. We must be willing to receive it. We may be lost, but to find our way, we must be ready to listen. Who has embodied God's gifts of discernment to you? To whom have you listened? Write their name down on your card, and if you don't have a card, there's a bunch of blank space on the back of your bulletin. Just write it there. Write a name down with me. Everybody got it? All right. I want you to do two more things with your card. The second thing I want you to do with your card is I want you to hold it up in the air and keep it there for just a minute. Y'all notice in your bulletin this morning that the Apostles' Creed is not printed. That's because this summer we will be affirming our faith just a little bit differently. This morning we affirm our faith that God is at work in our lives and in the world by remembering those 
who have been God's gift to us. By writing their names down, we affirm that God is at work. God has not abandoned us. Hallelujah. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.